When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys like my jacket? I do like your jacket. Okay. Where'd you get it? Uh, Sam's Club. Oh, I was going to say Kohl's because nice. they were selling stuff like that yeah. last year. Yeah, but does Kohl's jackets do this? <laughs> it's incredible. I have the full suit. It's poly- poly- polyester and it's not comfortable. Now I can imagine. This is the cheapest suit I, I've ever bought and I hate it. But, but it's for like one good reason. It's festive. Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome. You have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about the 2022 film Violent Night starring David Harbour as Santa Claus with a hammer. Um, <laughs> before we get into that, we like to talk about things that we watched in the past week in pop culture. Uh, Devin, you were traveling. How was, how was your trip to Amsterdam? Yeah, it was great. I uh, spent the weekend in an amusement park, or not the week, but I spent, a, a, what, <laughs> three days in an amusement park called the Efteling, which is just delightful we had a uh we had a cabin out in like the woods by the efteling and it was just a great time i love that place it's so like quirky and silly and and fun and then i got to see family and i played a board game that lasted eight hours which is also a fun way to spend a day so it was great i had it's called twilight imperium fourth edition uh it's incredible it was the one of the some of the most fun i've had in a board game uh, in a long time, because it's a mix of, you know, I'm going to move my little ships and I'm going to attack you. And then my favorite bit, which is you have to make laws and policies with each other and you have to like bribe and and steal and cheat and all sorts of great stuff. I love it. So it's basically like risk, but for real. Oh, come on. I unmuted yeah. you guys and it didn't. It didn't, it didn't actually unmute us. It didn't unmute you guys. Uh, but we're back now. You're you're back now, yeah. No one could hear it, it, any of that. That's all right. It was like risk, but it was like risk plus some. Like it was really cool. What's the, what's the name of it again? Twilight Imperium. Okay. If you ever look at the box art for it, I was the Space Lions because, of course, I was the Space Lions. Yeah. It was awesome. Let's start the yeah. show. Let's start the show over. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And uh, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast, where each week we make each other watch movies one of us has never seen. Uh, in this case, two of us have never seen, uh, with my pick for the week, Violent Night, starring David Harbour. Um, before we get into that, though, we talk, like to talk about things that we watched in pop culture over the last week. Um, Devin, you didn't watch anything because you were traveling. Where'd you go? I went to Amsterdam. Well, the Netherlands, more appropriately. I spent a couple of days in a cabin by a theme park in, in the, uh, the Netherlands called the Efteling, which was just incredible. They had this like very weird 
kind of like almost like off-putting but still kind of cute style uh, that they have to it. And then I spent my Saturday, yeah, I spent my Saturday playing an eight-hour-long board game, which I highly recommend to both of you. Uh, and then spent my Sunday trying to get on an airplane and being told I can't get on that airplane. And then spent my Monday actually getting on an airplane. What was the name of the eight-hour-long board game? Uh, it was called Twilight Imperium, uh, fourth okay. edition, for those of you who are in the know and are wondering. Uh, incredible. Absolutely what? incredible. It's, yeah. The, yeah, that third edition yeah. only goes for seven hours, so. I know. You got You guys got an extra hour after it. It's, oh, guys, it's so good. I feel like we would have a lot of fun playing that game because it's not just that you get to, like, move your little spaceships and, like, pew, 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 but also there's, like, a whole, like, debating section and a whole, like, lying and stuff. In like cheating and stealing section of it too and oh it's just incredible i mean next time you're in town i'm in it for the I, i'm in it man one of us has to buy it and it is not a cheap game but yeah it is it is so much fun if we all go in on it then it's that's fair that's fair yeah um <laughs> ryan you went to the movie theater what did you see yes i did so um at the last minute, I heard about this movie called uh, Godzilla Minus One. Um, and I saw a few trailers for it. I just I told you guys that I had to see it. Um, and so I did. I went. Uh, Kristen wasn't really interested. So, so, so I went by myself. And it is, as far as I am concerned, and from the Internet's uh, <laughs> reaction, I'm not the only one who thinks this, literally the best Godzilla movie that's ever come out since the first one. Wow. Um, it has a real serious tone to it. Uh, it's a dark, gritty uh, Godzilla movie um, about some really uh, stressful times in Japan right after World War II. Um, just, just like how Godzilla in the first uh, Godzilla movie back in 1954 was about, um, you know, just the, you know, them dealing... Like, Godzilla was used as an allegory for the atomic bombs being dropped and then yeah. them trying to deal with it. This is about basically how Japan healed itself and it dealt with its grief and its shame after World War II. Um, wow. And then there are personal stories about survivor's guilt um, and PTSD of people who were in the war. Um Godzilla shows up within three minutes of the movie starting. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, like the story builds itself to where he shows up again. Um, there are so many callbacks to the original Godzilla um, in it. And when I got home, I I went on Max and I and, and I rewatched the 1954 one because there was so much that reminded me of it. And it's basically a modern retelling of 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 the first movie. Um, I highly recommend it to everyone, even if you're not a Godzilla person. Um, the human story in this could be its own movie. <laughs> um, and I would still be excited about it. Can I can I ask a question? And maybe this is spoilers, but why is it called Minus One? Okay, the reason why it's called Minus One is because the creator put it at a time in Japan where they were literally at zero as a country when it came to, like, them rebuilding after the war, okay. the men coming back from overseas, and Japan just being at its lowest point. And then having Godzilla show up is, like, 
a minus to the zero. So it's Godzilla mm. minus one because it sets Japan back minus one from where it was before. Okay. That's what the creator said, because in the movie, I was like, after the movie, I was like, this is amazing. I don't know what the title means. <laughs> this I was amazing. <laughs> so I thought it was pretty bold of you. because Last week you were like, I don't care how I'm going to watch this movie, but I'm going to go watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And that statement led me to believe that this was a limited kind of like hard to get movie. Mm-hmm. And you made it seem like you just popped down to the theater. It was I so, wrong. It was at, um, when I looked it up, there were showings at every theater that... Oh, well, shoot, okay. Uh, um, uh, is in the area. Uh, they were at least showing five to... At least five showings for the day at, wow, at almost okay. like each place. Um, and I went for like the first showing, which was like at 125. Um, oh, okay. And uh, I went to the Carlisle Theater, uh, which has like the seats are put together almost kind of like love seats with like the thing in the middle to like separate. And I went by myself. So it's just me sitting there in like a two seater. And I have like, like two people that came as a group sitting to this side of me, another like father and son over on the other side of the empty seat. And like right before the movie started, another guy who showed up by himself came down and sat down (laughs) next to me. (laughs) Wait, he sat down next to you. Well, that's where his assigned seat was because we had assigned seating. Oh, okay. I thought he like saw an empty two seater. So you sitting there went, now's the time. Yeah. yeah. And now he's going to be on the show next week. Yep. <laughs> he's going to have best friends. Yeah. Um, so th- I've only heard good yeah. things about this movie. Um, oh, it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, it was number three at the box office, made $11.4 million its opening weekend. Which um, puts it at the most that any foreign language film has made in its first three days. That's incredible. So yeah. it broke a record. So <laughs> it was only beat out How, by The Hunger Games and Beyonce. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Hunger Games. I don't know that I liked it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I liked it. It got beaten out by The Hunger Games. So um, it, it, it also did so well that they are pushing its. Um, availability to like all theaters from the 7th of december to the 14th of december so it's doing so well that they are pushing out another week of it being available everywhere after that cutoff it's going to be a limited release in theaters so that's when it's going to get hard to find because right now it's unlimited for imax so how is his design in it i know that there's always like some some like tension around the Godzilla designs almost every time a Godzilla it comes is out. Amazing. There are callbacks to the originals. Like when he's walking through the city, one of the mm-hmm. things I loved was that he was taking the short little steps. Oh, just, just like if he was someone, someone, uh, just like if someone was wearing a suit, um, mm-hmm. it looked like one of the suit monsters, except the arms were a little shorter. Um, okay. but it's heads, but it's head and neck still had that, that, uh, um, had, had that mushroom cloud silhouette that the original suit had a little bit. Oh, good. Um, okay. And his skin is really rocky and hmm. like kind of like real jagged looking. Um, it's great. It, it, it's like not to take away from anything that legendary is doing with their Godzilla, but this is literally the best thing that I have seen since the first one. 
<laughs> the, fir- the first one with is, Matthew Broderick? Uh, the first one in 1954. With Hank Azaria uh, and uh, Green Day on the soundtrack. If, <laughs> if you want to, yes. The one that had the animated uh, it, series. Yeah. 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 I think my last know, question Alan. for this one is, is Ryan, is it, is it Totopolis? <laughs> Zetopolis. Zetopolis. Is it Zetopolis. Zetopolis? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> ah, it's incredible. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. I'm going mean, to watch I, this. I, I can't wait. I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's the classic roar. Um, for the first time, I actually have been listening to a movie score in the car. I actually got it like as soon as I got home. And I added the Godzilla, like they have three different versions of Godzilla's theme song. Um, And I put all three of them in the one mix that I have. Granted, that mix is like 20 hours long, so it rarely pops up, but it's still in there. What's the best one? I would say Heroes by the Wallflowers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Suit uh, Godzilla Suit 2, because there's one, two and three. Sweet. For the three really times sweet. he shows up. Sweet. Whatever. Suit, yeah. sweet. No, All right. This is I've got to pull it up. Um, Actually, no. He shows up like five times, but there's only three times they play the theme. So. Also, that might be a suit, Alan, but it is sweet. Yeah. It's festive. <laughs> there was there was one that had candy canes. That one's very sweet. I did not get that one. Oh, but yours lights so, up. Look at it. Look at the it go. Other, other one lights up, too. So. I hope uh, that we just keep switching who wears the light up shirt every month, every week. So now next week is uh, Ryan's turn. Did you, did your sweater light up last week? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, I did not go to the theaters. I've been busy uh, catching up on a show on um, Hulu. And I just realized there's another show that we could have talked about, but I don't, we'll talk about it after the show. Uh, I just oh. been watching kitchen nightmares on Hulu. <laughs> Wait, is this the new one? This is the new one. They brought back Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. What? And it's a dumpster fire. Like it's like like on purpose or yeah. I mean, the sh- like every restaurant's like, oh my god, it's so bad. like I'm always like, oh that food looks good, and then I then it gets to the second act like, oh my god, we're never eating there. And then the third <laughs> act like, you know, I'm not still not going to eat there. But there's a few places where I'm like, okay, like this is cool. Um, I liked this show after it went off the air originally and then they brought it back and they're all, they're filming them all in like New Jersey, New York, like the tri-state area, which is weird because usually it's like all over the country, but like, no, we're going to stay in Jersey and focus on Jersey. Someone (laughs) wants to stay in their uh, state. Yeah. Yeah. Someone doesn't want to (laughs) travel. Tax write-offs. Um, but Gordon Ramsay is fantastic to watch. Um, I, I love him like yelling at the, the owners who don't know what they're doing, but also like talking to the chefs who have been overworked and underpaid. And he's like, you just need a break. Just just sit outside and relax while I yell oh. at everyone else. Like it's <laughs> it's fan- like he, he can complete 180 and it's fantastic. He he's very well balanced with how he handles himself. But seeing all these re- like modern restaurants that look like they should be good. Like they don't, most of them don't need remodels, but they still remodel them anyway. Um, is fun. But a lot of them, like, how are you that in debt with a restaurant? Like, it's just, it's sometimes crazy. it's surprising. 
Now, I got to know. So my favorite thing about any kitchen nightmares is at the very end, he comes out, he like walks out of the restaurant and he does a hands talk to the camera. He goes, yeah. oh my goodness, what an amazing, crazy ride. In the beginning, they had nothing. And he like, like almost yeah. signs yeah. like, and then, and then he'll like walk away and he'll like mutter some pun under his breath. He'll be like pig's feet, more like yeah. pig's yeah. in a feet or something. I don't know what he does, but it's, he, does he do that? Does that say? Oh yeah, that's still there. Oh, yeah, that's to the, yes. like, in, in the first one, you can tell he's rusty at it because he's talking to the camera, but he's also like looking down his cue cards and then looking back up at the camera. Oh, so, <laughs> Gordon. But he, uh, he still does that. Um, he, and the last one I watched, I, I swear he, the restaurant, he just said the name of the restaurant as he w- walked off. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that, that it's as bad as it sounds. The restaurant was called the juicy box. I hate it. Why do you call something that? Who does this? Was it in Jersey? No, it was actually in Brooklyn. Gross. Yeah. I mean, that name anywhere, but it would have like fit or made sense in Jersey. Yeah. And when he got there, they didn't have juice. So it was even worse. (laughs) Why Um, would it fit in Jersey? It just sounds grody. I don't think it fits anywhere. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Um. But Devin, you and I are going to have to talk uh, Bake Off baking show finale. <gasps> I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? Don't ruin it for me. Okay. I'm so excited. <sighs> I will I will just say, because we haven't talked about this on the show. Yeah. Um, the, the true winner of this of Bake Off this season is all of the viewers, because Allison is fantastic. Yes. Oh, she's incredible. Um, yeah. That's all I'll say. We'll talk, we'll talk I, next yeah, week I, about Bake yeah. Off. Okay. I'll watch it by then. You got it. Um, Devin, did you watch Doctor Who yet or not? No. Is it good? Just tell me if it's good or bad. If you liked it. I liked it. Okay, good. That's I want to I, I wanna watch it again. Like I'm probably going to watch both specials again. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah. Good. Oh, good. The second special is up uh, already. Yeah. Yep. Came out oh, Saturday. guys, they're, com- they're coming out with Magic the Gathering cards of this run of Doctor Who. The, of this run? Oh, of this one run. I yeah, of like Dr. Donna, and then you get like a Neil Patrick Harris card. Ooh. I know, but they also have one of the I'm fourth getting... Doctor, too, that kills me. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Actually, <laughs> did, I, did I tell you I bought Magic the Gathering cards? No, which ones? I bought some of the Lord of the Rings ones. Uh, they're coming out with the Jurassic Park deck, too. I saw that. Um, do you, I actually ha- do you I have... play? No, I don't. I just have them. Um... They, like, I got a few cool ones, I think. Like, I got Aragorn the Uniter. Oh, that is cool. Gandalf Sanction. Um, I have one of the ring ones. Did I tell you the story about me and those cards at Chad's wedding? In front of the show, Chad's wedding? No. I was sitting next to one of the groomsmen, and we were chatting about <laughs> just... Or no, it wasn't even a groomsman. It was just somebody. It was the yeah. one of the... Oh, I was at yeah. that table. Yeah. Tell the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey... Uh, he was talking about how he's a collector and he loves Lord of the Rings. And I go, oh, the new Magic the Gathering set's got to be driving you wild then, isn't it? Because they're only coming out with one copy of the ring. And he goes, what Magic the Gathering set? I love Magic the Gathering and Lord of the Rings. And I go, oh, no, I'm about to ruin your night. And I told him about this set, and I'm I'm sure he owns every card now. Yeah, I'm sure if, if you're out there listening, I'm sorry. Do you have the ring? I have the ring. How I thought... What is that? The one so that's worth millions? They, no, there. That's the One Ring. Oh, uh, this is the ring. Got I, it. I, I want to think this one's still rare. 
It might be. I don't know. It might be. Um, it's very cool, though. Yeah. Uh, Jealous. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into today's main topic, the 2022 film, Violent Night. It'd be nice if my keystrokes worked the first time I hit them. Yeah. Uh, this film stars David Harbour, John Leguizamo, and Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, and uh, this is my pick for the week. Uh, in Violent Night, when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that came out last year that still fell under the we're going to put this in theaters. But you know what else we're going to do? We're going to release it on demand immediately. Mm. Um, so my wife and I wanted to see this because it's a Santa Claus action movie starring David Harbour. Why not? Uh, and it was cheaper for us to buy it on digital than it would have been to go to the theater. Yeah. Um, so we bought it and I own it and I have the poster for it. Uh, and we so gave crazy. away a poster for this at Harrisburg Comic Con. Yes, um, but this movie takes a lot of the things from the all of those movies that people like. Is that a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? And blends them all together into one. So you've got a little bit of Die Hard, some Home Alone, uh, Christmas Vacation with Beverly D'Angelo, um, Super Mario Brothers with John Leguizamo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I really enjoy this movie. It, the sense of humor in it, it's great. When uh, we'll get into a lot of the things that I, I like about the movie later on. But I'm very curious. You guys, neither of you had seen this before, correct? Correct. Nope. Okay. I'm very curious to hear what you guys thought. Who wants to go first? You want to go first, Ryan? No, you go first, Tom. All right. So I got to tell you, I'm going to I'm going to start off this whole thing because I think any movie that you see is always colored by you and your expectation and who you are going into the movie. So I have to set up my day getting into the movie. I promise this won't take long. So I was due to fly out um, of the Netherlands on Sunday. And I actually did a really rare thing for me. I took the Monday off of work the next day. So not only was I going to get back a little bit late Sunday night, but for the first time in my entire life, I actually decided to take the Monday off to have my give myself a chance to relax, refresh, get ready for the work day, you know, the work week ahead. And I never <clears throat> am that nice to myself ever. So Sunday comes around and we wake up to see that our flights have been canceled that night. And we scramble and we get new flights that are only 25 minutes later. So it's actually not bad. We're still home a little bit later, but it's all right. So we go about our day. I have a really great day. I watch, you know, I, I watch a movie or this like this really cool ride in the Netherlands. I go get these really massive and awesome pancakes. And as we're driving out to the airport, I get a, a message that my flight's been canceled. And the next flight that they book me on is actually for tomorrow evening. So not only did the flight that I wanted to get on cancel and that I fought for the morning get canceled, but now my nice rest day is ruined. And I was in a really, really, really bad mood. So we get home or we get to Romana's dad's house and they go, what do you want to do? And I'm in a bad mood and don't want to do anything. And I go, I got to watch this movie for the podcast. Romana's dad might like it. Do you want to put it on? Like in like the most like abrasive way possible. And I got to tell you, this movie turned my night around. I like within minutes, I was laughing again. I was happy Devin again. 
we like took a break to go get like little snacks in the middle of it. And I'm like, I'm in such a good mood now. This was great. <laughs> this was incredible and exactly what I needed on an otherwise really, really bad day. Awesome. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Ryan, it what is. did you think? <laughs> did, it, the movie did not start off that well for me, but then it picked up and it got better. <laughs> it's a I slow burn. Because it almost had me it, right it's away. It's a slow burn. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really a slow. There were parts of the humor at the beginning where I was just kind of like, okay, it was funny the first time. How long is this going to take for him to change? Like, how how long is it going to take Santa to rear back? And then when it finally happened, I'm like, okay, I can get into this. And then, yeah. And then when, uh, uh, I'm going to mess up his name. Uh, Wizamo. Yeah. John Lake Wizamo. John Lake Wizamo shows up. Things got a lot, a lot better. So yeah. I'm curious. John Lake Wizamo is one of your favorite actors. Did you know he was in this? Uh... I forgot that he was in this because okay. when he showed up, I was like, oh, hang on. He's in it. And then I and then I remembered you told me a long time yeah. ago that he was in this. Yeah, I think I did this on a we watched this last year. Um, yeah, I think you did. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys yeah. both liked it. We can talk a bit about what works and what doesn't work humor wise. Um, but I talked a bit before about this movie being like pulling things from other Christmas movies that are non-traditional Christmas movies. What did you guys appreciate about, like, were there any pulls from those movies that you liked or didn't like? Uh, the home alone. That was my favorite part of the film, to be okay. honest. Like that whole thing in the attic, like that, that, the, the, the that home, made me happy. The, uh, the director said, to, uh, he always liked home alone as a kid, but you, when you watch it as an adult, you're like, Oh yeah, that would kill a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they, <laughs> that went was exactly it. It. they went about it in this where they have a, a kid doing all that stuff, thinking she's just hurting them. But in reality, <laughs> you see what happens. <laughs> um, and it's I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. And then this time I'm like, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Devin, how about you? I loved. I mean, obviously, I love that part. I also love the Die Hard part where you had to like walk through the what was it the broken light bulbs? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was. I thought that was a lot of fun. I didn't. I guess I didn't catch that they were as deliberate a references. I was just like, ha, ah, that's like Die Hard, like in the middle of it. And then now that you said it aloud, I was like, oh right, they are kind of doing deliberate homages in the middle of it, aren't they? Yeah, it, uh, like John Lewis Dummer is very like the whole thing is very Hans Gruber, like oh, coming yeah. in to break into the safe. And, uh, would you watch too many action movies growing up instead of Westerns? Because that's the thing now. Um, no, right. Like it was, it was like, it's elevator pitch. This is Santa die hard with Santa Claus, but without like being trapped in one building, like he's able to get around. Um, My one of one of my favorite things about this movie is David Harbour's performance as Santa Claus, um, because I've been watching so much of Tim Allen as Santa Claus, watching the Santa Clauses. Um, it's nice to see a refreshing take, um, because what David Harbour does well in this is he he's very kick ass. He's very it, it is very violent. It's a violent night. Uh, he's very badass. 
But at the same time, when he's interacting with the kid, it's very heartfelt. And like, that's the Santa Claus you want to see at the mall. Um, and I think the, the duality of his character in this is very interesting. And I think they picked up the perfect actor to pull that off. What did you guys think? The one thing that surprised me the most about this, I, I guess, take on Santa Claus was a, I think his backstory is a little bit different than I've heard before. I've never heard that he was a Viking before he was Santa Claus. I've only ever seen the stop motion animation where he was just a really great guy and then became Santa Claus. So I thought that was a cool backstory and it like gave Santa a character arc, which was cool. Cause he's only ever like deus ex machina in his story. So it's nice to watch him grow. But the other thing that struck me the most was this was a Santa Claus that like loves his wife and like, you never hear that he's just like, ho, 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 Mrs. Claus. But like, that's the most you'll get from him about his wife. And in this one, he's like, yeah, we love each other. It's hard work, but we love, like, you know, we've been together for thousands of years and we love each other. Like, that was so cool. Yeah. And they had to set up the sequel. Uh, <laughs> is, is it going to be a sequel? Probably. It's I a modern so. diehard movie. There's going to be a sequel. Good. And, and... And the whole thing with his wife, like it kind of followed the same narrative almost that the Die Hards movie did, because like he he talks about how like, yeah, no, I love her and and it's hard work and everything. But they almost made him betray it like John did in Die Hard, where it was like, yeah, no, it's hard work. We're separated right now, but I'm here to fix that type deal like that wasn't his situation mm -hmm. in this movie but his body language almost made it that way I to me that. anyway yeah, yeah i could see that because well, you, yeah. you didn't want to be in that situation like yeah so ryan so. you talked a bit about him being like not like it being slow for you at first is that because he it, wasn't like at full force Santa the no, whole time? No, no, it wasn't slow. It's just the humor at the beginning was funny when he was sitting at the bar mm -hmm. and they were doing that thing back and forth with him in the mall Santa. Mm -hmm. And then it just went too much. And I realized, and I really need to ask you this question, Alan, how many yeah. more movies are going to open with bodily fluids that you're going to make us watch? What else was there? The elephant. Uh, I'm never going to forgive uh, you for the elephant. Uh, <laughs> They're going to uh, forgive you for the elephant. So anyway, I, I, can, okay. I can find another one. <laughs> I got my singer in. Okay. So anyway, um, it was funny. It was funny at the bar with the bartender and with the mall Santa. But every time they went back to him with him being drunk in the sleigh, I'm just kind of like, okay, I get it. Like, it's one of the, and then the whole vomiting on the bartender thing was like, I get it. Can we, you know, like it was just, it was, it was too much in my face about that whole thing. Yeah. And then it wasn't until he got to the house in question that things started to roll for me to where he was starting okay. to like, yeah, like, like, like that whole thing. So, so like it wasn't that it was slow. It was just, I was getting tired of that same joke. I, okay. that's all. Speaking of the beginning, I want to note if you guys had the same experience with this that I did. So first off, I didn't read the synopsis of this because when we ordered it, the synopsis was in Dutch because it was a 
you know, we got it from a Dutch streaming service. So I didn't even bother to try to read it. I probably might have, but didn't. So I didn't know what the movie was about at all. I just knew David Harbour was in a Santa costume in the, on the poster. Uh, we turned it on and Romana's dad goes, what is this about? And Romana goes, I don't know, something with an assassin. So that's all I know going into this movie. So him sitting at the bar was me going, is he a Santa Claus assassin? Is he like a mall Santa by day and assassin at night? And then like the slow realization of, oh no, he's the real Santa. So, <laughs> so that opening with him like taking off with the sleigh and throwing up yeah. from the sky was the realization that he's Santa Claus to you. Like he's the, he's yeah, the real that, deal. He's the man with it the got, bag. It got, to, it got that far into the movie. Cause I was like, ah, he's going to go up on the roof and he's going to like jump down or something like that. And he's like Santa. And then his like sleigh took off and I went, it's really him. <laughs> okay. That might be why that didn't work for me because I knew that he was Santa to begin with. Yeah. Oh, I think he's so like some mall Santa. When, yeah. So to me, I think that's why that didn't really work for me that well, because it was funny seeing him talk to a, to a mall Santa and then, mm. Yeah. I think that's why it didn't work. Yeah, because, if you, if, because I already know. If you look at it story wise, that is the reveal, though. So it if, is. If you don't know, like that's that that scene that makes the scene stronger. Like it, if you do know, it's kind of boring and, and it's a little bit of humor okay, okay. when he's like pulling out the present for her grandson and yeah, all of that. So. I um, thought it was even funnier when she was like, I have a grandson. <laughs> I, have a grand- I was waiting for it to, I was waiting for it to be a bomb. I was like, she, he's an assassin that's dressed up as a Santa. She's the target. This is how he gets her. And nope. It was just a very sweet moment. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I didn't notice is that, um, all of Santa's powers in, in this are based on belief. Like he, he's uh-huh. stronger when he believes in himself. Oh, I really like or that. Or when the kid the kid is believing in him. Like that's when he like is able to bounce back. I was like, oh that, that that's cool. I didn't pick up on it's that. Really I cool. just thought he was just tired and old. Um <laughs> his claws really, monitor was uh going down to zero. I really loved the idea though that like he still doesn't really get how it works. Like, I think that's cool. I also think it's weird that, like, you have powers for a thousand years and you don't spend at least a couple of them going like, all right, what's going on here? Well, I I mean, I I can kind of relate to that because how because like how how many times have I had you guys watch something? And then and then, Devin, you you ask a question and my answer is, I don't know. I've always liked this movie and I didn't care to look it up. (laughs) That's fair. All right. You're just happy with his powers. Yeah, he, he he he's just happy with his powers. It works, and he just goes on with his life. <laughs> That's fair. So one of the tidbits that I I was reading about on IMDb about this movie is about Beverly D'Angelo, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and Christmas Vacation, which made me realize I need to rewatch Christmas Vacation because the way they phrase this, I'm like I don't remember a lot of this from that movie, but okay. Early D'Angelo appears as the family matriarch in another Christmas movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Both movies include heavily armed, trained individuals invading her home on Christmas Eve, explosions, mm-hmm. someone's hair catching on fire, death by Christmas tree, electri- electrocution. Yeah. Wow. Like, they're just talking about the cat being electrocuted in National Lampoon, right? Because I don't remember yeah. Clark Griswold, like, shoving a guy's <laughs> face into the tree. <laughs> 
No, that's the cat that was given to them by his great aunt. It, it drags the, it bites yeah. the lights and it poofs. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that's why there's a different Rusty in the next movie or not. Uh, <laughs> so. I gotta be honest, that was one of my favorite parts of this movie was the action scenes. Yeah. We're so creative in this. And like most of them were just set to like generic Christmas music, which made it so much better. Like stylistically, this movie absolutely nails it. Yeah, there's um, this kind of makes me want to watch uh, that Hansel and Gretel movie with Jeremy Renner because the guy who uh, wrote the guy who wrote that directed this, and he directed that as well. Oh, that's he also cool. directed Dead Snow, which is a uh, Nazi ski we've, vacation. We've watched movie. it on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Did I we? was going to say we did that. Yeah, yeah we I was did. Say, it looks yeah, I know you're you're probably yeah. suppressing it because it was bad, but yeah. oh, definitely no, it is one of it. the best foreign movies made Mwah. that's ever come Chef out of kiss. Europe. <laughs> Chef Kiss. I, love I remember it's one it now. Of the best movies to come out of Europe. <laughs> yeah, I remember now. They made a sequel to that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, they did. Oh, wow. Devin talked about how horrible it was. <laughs> not as good. Arguably not as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is talk of a sequel to this. Uh, everything's messed up because of the writer strike. but Sure. So nothing's, nothing's confirmed yet, but I think the creative team wants to do it. Uh, it's just a matter of waiting for David Harbour to finish Stranger, Stranger Things and Thunderbolts mm. and whatever else he's doing. He's a busy man. But the movie did well enough like to warrant a sequel because like, I, so. I thought this was delightful and would watch eight of them. I think it was a, a critical and financial hit. Uh, let me look Good. at the box office quick. We need Violent Night 2. We do. Violent Night with Vengeance. Um, violent... Uh, uh, live violent or uh, die, die peacefully. Die Mary. Die Mary. <laughs> yeah, the second one is to be Violent Night, Holy Night, where he just has a machine gun. Is <laughs> he gets a gun put into his uh, uh, into Skull Crusher? <laughs> so right. you mentioned. Oh, go ahead. So, but it cost twenty million dollars to make. Opening weekend, it made thirteen million. Um. Overall, it made $50 million. So it was a $30 million hit. That's incredible. Okay. Good, 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 good. Worldwide, it made $76 million. So. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah. What were you going to say? One of the things that struck me, and I didn't know if you guys got this take from it at all, is that if you strip out the violence of this movie, it's just a Hallmark movie. That they like inserted gratuitous violence into where like a family who hates each other is forced in the same house on Christmas. And through the end, they learn to love each other and to believe in the power of family and Santa Claus. And like yeah. even some of the like some of the tropes like, dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is mommy and daddy to get back together. Like. Like, if you strip away the, the diehard of it all, like, it's just a terrible Hallmark movie. And that's well, what made me love it. And I think that's the only way that this works. Because yeah. I don't really see, like, a genuine, original 
Christmas family story working with this type of like the violence only works as a humorously if the storyline is ridiculously simple. Yeah. For me anyway. Which I, I think was. I think you're right. Like, I think you can't get too invested in any, like at any point they're like, we're going to kill the ant. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, no, we're going to kill the, the, I don't know, the estranged wife. I'm like, all right. We're, we're going to kill one of those actors from that show on HBO that you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cause you, you've got Judy Gladstone. You've got the guy from Veep is the dad. Yeah, he is. So, um, Yeah. How did you, how'd you guys feel about the generational humor in this? Sometimes it doesn't always work for me. Like I, especially spe- around the character, I think his name's Bert. He was the, the Gen Z, like, Bertrude. you know, <laughs> Bert, Bertrude. Yeah, Bert, Bertrude. Yeah. <laughs> the name was my favorite part of that. Yeah. So because of some of the things that I follow, I tend mm-hmm. to pick, uh, I tend to run into com- uh, conversations of like what the newest, uh, like, slang for lack of a better term is um and it kind of like makes me roll roll my eyes when they have a gen z or now coming soon gen alpha like person using slang that like millennials used 10 years ago yeah which they did in this because they because they had them like oh i'm wearing my bling and I'm yeah. like, I haven't heard anyone use that phrase in forever. They couldn't have actually looked up what the actual like thing is I, <laughs> and use that. So <laughs> I think there's a reason for that because they wanted to make it cringe. They want you to not that, like you know the what? Character, okay, that's fair. And that's yeah. why they do that. Like, yo, check out my bling word. They didn't want the they didn't like, want an earnest portrayal of a Gen Z or they yeah. didn't want him to be yeah. like, yeah. Yo, fam, got that riz, no cap. Like, didn't want that. They wanted, look at my bling. Yeah. Well, f- for the for the reaction, I would find that funnier mm-hmm. than using outdated slang. I don't know. I, I think I like the fact, I like Alan's point, they used outdated slang. I like that better because the, the joke starts becoming, look at how cringy is and stops becoming, look at how cringe all of a generation is. And I don't like that as a joke. As in my point of the humor would be Mm -hmm. then going to the parents and seeing their reaction to it and then having someone in the room not react to it that way. So it's making so it's more making fun of the people who like. Take part in the generational wars, not not, you know, not making it if you know what i mean yeah like, that it's makes making sense. Not fun. taking a standpoint it would be making fun of the mom even more by saying or the grandmother by saying what she says after that scene yeah <laughs> that's fair more than making fun of the kid which i know they're trying to make him look like an idiot but just by his actions alone he's making himself an idiot it has nothing to do with the words that he's saying so then speaking of this did any characters shtick like which character shtick did you find funniest? Because they all kind of had their thing, right? Like you had the the TikToker, you had the, you know the oh the like the movie star. the movie star husband, and then the like at each other's throats, kids. 
I, I, I like uh, that the movie star at least met the ending that I wanted him to. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that yeah, one. The movie star reminded me of the the one character from the uh, Liberty Insurance commercials. Liberty, the Liberty. actor that. Yeah, though, the, 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 he's the one that, that, that can never get his lines right. Oh, you got to catch me up on this. I uh... OK, never mind. I'll go to something else. Yeah, no, no, um, <laughs> send me a link. I want to watch it. The. The. Uh, the one person who was part of the crew, the woman who was pretending to be the bartender. Yeah. Her. Uh-huh. I know that th- I know it's not really a stick. She's not part of the family. But yeah. for some reason, I always found her reactions to stuff to be humorous, especially like when um, I forget she, there was an interaction that she had when they were looking at the guy that was pushed out the window and fell on the icicle. Oh, yeah. And it was I don't know. I just I, I found her to be the most entertaining out of that group. The, I like the actor the most out of the family. Yeah, I, I was really drawn to the, the movie star actor specifically when he gave her a really special Christmas present. And it was the gift of a really good deal. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, I know people like this. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I absolutely or the whole like if they didn't have machine guns, I could probably take three or four of them. Yeah. I know people like you. I love if it. If I was on one of those planes, 9-11 would have never happened. Yes. <laughs> I saw a. Do you know who this is based on? Because who? that's an actual quote from one of, from a famous actor. No, it's not. Who? Let's play a game. I want you to guess who that is based on. Who said the phrase, if I was on one of those planes, September 11th would have happened differently? Yes. Ugh. Ah, d- Charlie Sheen. Ryan, do you want to take a guess? I'm just like, what's the worst act? Like, who's who's the worst person I could think of? The guy from the Glass Onion, the guy who played the the millionaire, uh, the guy that the, the guy that had everyone show up at his Ed dinner. No, Ed Norton. No. Oh um, man. Oh, that was a good guess. Morgan Steele is based off of Mark Wahlberg. Like Wahlberg, <laughs> Steele stars in several movies about the military. And he says he could have stopped the hijackers on 9-11 if he had been aboard a plane. A claim that Wahlberg made and apologized for in 2012. You know what? You know what? This might be a bad take, and I will fully admit that. But I kind of like him more now. I like him more. 2012? Who? The, the actor in the movie or Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> was he? Do you think he was sitting on that for eleven years? Like eleven years? He's like, how long till I can say this? What's weirder is like, 2012. So he's doing press for Ted probably, and makes that claim, <laughs> which is even better. <laughs> next to <laughs> next to probably probably next to Seth MacFarlane, who was supposed to be on one of those planes. Like. Woof. Yeah, like it's it's messed up. Oh, but man. guess what? Seth MacFarlane's in Fortnite, and Mark Wahlberg isn't. Take that. So he is. I saw yeah. Peter Griffin's in Fortnite now. That's really fun. What's so? 
what's really fun about Peter Griffin in Fortnite and Devin, you'll appreciate this is he's a, he's a boss in the game. Oh, I almost want to make you download the game so I can show you this, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you anyway, he's okay, a boss yeah. in the game. So you have to take him out to get his, his, uh, his weapon. And yeah. when you take him out, he doesn't die right away. He falls on the ground. And there's a, Ah, <laughs> ah. Oh man, say what you will about Fortnite, but they do get the source material right a lot yeah. of the time. Um, it's very cool. And they're bringing in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this season. So cool. Yeah. The Michael Bay version? All of the versions. I don't know. Just oh, okay. probably. I, I want it to be the Michael to Bay guess so the, I'm not. the new ones. The, the, yeah. Uh, <sighs> Shoot, and like Doctor Who's coming too. So what? Yeah. Oh shit! Okay, you you know what you have to do when you get off. I, of, I do. Week. It's download it. I'll play it with you on stream. It's fine. It'll be. Fine. <laughs> um, what do you guys want to see from a Violent Night two? Rudolph, I want to see Rudolph. Should... Okay, is Rudolph copyright protected? Why was he not no. part of the team? Rudolph should be. Is Rudolph is he public domain? Because. He had that thing where, like, unless, unless, and this is very funny, he only uses Rudolph like you would your fog lights on a car. Like, he's not part of the A-team, but if he needs him, there he comes. <laughs> it should be that some, it should be that for some reason, for whatever reason, uh, Santa needs to transport, like, a bunch of stuff via airplane like one of those giant ones where like the front end lifts up and you have to like front load things onto it um yeah and root and his reindeer and rudolph and like you know they're moving for some reason mm -hmm. and hijackers try to take it over and it doesn't get off the ground yet but it's stuck and they can't get out because it's like storming outside or whatever like i i want this reminded me so much of the first Die Hard that the second one should be themed after the second Die Hard. So he should be the on a plane. I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to pick different Christmas movies, like different action Christmas movies that they could start pulling from. And to be fair, they took the best ones already. Okay. I mean, here, here, here's my proposal. Okay. Violent Night 2 Lost in New York. And the whole thing takes place at Trump Tower. <laughs> I'm not mad about that, even a little bit. I, I think for the like, sequel, the, the biggest thing they have to bring in is Mrs. Claus at this point. They do. You got to see her. Well, well, who's Mrs. Claus? And is she as much of a like action hero? Okay, I'm trying to think. My, my go-to is, like, my, my first choice is Winona Ryder. But I, I was going to say the same yeah. thing. It, it, it just because I like their chemistry. I'm trying, trying to think I who else. See, I want to see, like, a... Like a Michelle Rodriguez. Like a... Like one that'll, like... That'll, like, they'll kill you. Mm -hmm. Like, I want that. Like with the same energy as her diet as her uh, Fast and Furious character. Okay, that could work. I really yeah. liked her in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So, yes, she was incredible in Dungeons and Dragons. 
Um, Gal Gadot, maybe. Oh, that would be a good one. That would also be a good one. Hannah Waddingham. Who is that? Rebecca from uh, Ted Lasso. Yes, 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 yes. This, this okay, yep, that that's fits. who it needs yep. to be. Because yep. you give her a musical number in the middle, and yep. Do you make Violent Night to a musical? I think so. Why not? Yeah, you, you got to swing. Or for you the at fences, least give, you put one musical number in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. Ryan, you seem skeptical. Possibly, but let's keep on going. <laughs> uh, I, I'm having so much fun coming up with what this movie could be that it'll never be what I want it to be. Like, I almost want it to be, I heard one of the Gremlins movies takes place around Christmas. Like, I want it to be something with his elves and Gremlins or something like that. Like, I want, I want something there. Uh, so, update on the Rudolph the Red-Nosed White Reindeer copyright. Yeah. Uh, it is copyright. It is there, oh. there, there is a trademark on it uh, owned by Robert L. May for use on books, films, games, toys, etc. Um, and that covers the song, a, the, the movie, and yeah, it, it has copyright protections. So I think you can have a, a reindeer with a red nose. You just can't, can't say Rudolph. it's Rudolph the Red Nose. You call, maybe call him Rudy. He, you know what? We, he did the opposite in the movie. He went, Rudolph never would have done this. Yeah. But then like, like that could have been anyone. That could have been his best friend, Rudolph. It didn't have to be. I think you can mention Rudolph the Red Nose. You can mention Rudolph, but you can't say, hey, look, it's Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Without paying. Right. right. Because I think that all goes back to the Macy's. I think Macy's might still own it. Really? Because they're the ones who wrote the book. I, I, that makes sense. After after the strikes, I think it's proven that there's enough money in Hollywood that if that if they're going to incorporate Rudolph, they should just get the copyright and pay the people for it and just get them. Okay. <laughs> so you can only so Rudolph Reynolds Reindeer is a character from a short story published in 1939. You'll only be able to use Rudolph as he is depicted in that story starting in 2035. <clears throat> the song was published in wow. 1949. You, can, you won't be able to use elements from that song until 2045. Uh, the claymation movie was 1964. You won't be able to use th that depiction until 2060. <laughs> I don't want anyone to touch that version. Unless you pay for it. Yeah, but think of it. They're going to do such bad things with that version of Rudolph specifically if Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey is anything to go by. That was actually pretty interesting. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Why did you not tell us? That's the point of this podcast. I the, 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 it was a weekend like I had this past one where I had to like pick one thing and then I forgot about bringing it up ever again. OK, well, we're putting a pin in it because I need to hear about this next time on the on we watch this. If it's set, if it's set at Christmas, Ryan, you can make us watch it for next week. It's oh, not. Dear. Um, okay. It's not. And besides, next week I'll be doing the foundation for we watch this. So. Oh. Okay. I've been watching that. Okay. 
Um, well, speaking of next week, Ryan, I believe it is your pick next week. What are you going to have us watch for the, our holiday series? Are we already at the end? Yeah, we're 56 minutes in. Holy cow, that was yeah. fast. Okay, I didn't even realize that. Um, I thought it was going to be a short one. We went the whole hour. Yeah. Uh, let's go in well, front of us. My favorite character was the little girl. Yeah, and, yeah she was great. Uh, I hated the fact that, that the security guard died. He shouldn't have died. Oh, um, yeah, that part, that part was sad. I agree. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that he doesn't know how to operate like an AR-15 but he can operate a snowmobile. So I thought that to be funny. I mean, um, it's just a sleigh with a motor. I think the key, I think, the, I think a key to a good, a solid Christmas movie is having a convincing kid. Cause if you have, yeah, if, oh, the, yeah. if the kid's not convincing, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And, and, and that's why that Krumpus movie worked because the kid was convincing enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's why home alone works because Macaulay Culkin is convincing in that. That's why Home Alone 3 doesn't work. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. So, okay. Ryan, what is your pick for yes. next week? Well, Devin already mentioned it. So, Devin, you're finally going to watch Gremlins. Am I? Yes. You're finally going to watch Gremlins. <laughs> Dope. Okay, cool. Finally. So, yes. And, yes, it does take place around Christmas. It takes place on Christmas. Okay, good. You guys have both seen Prometheus, so that blew that one out of the water. So I couldn't do that. Is that a Christmas movie? Yeah, it, it takes place during Christmas. Wow. I, I watched that whole movie, didn't catch it. In like a short five second scene that they establish that it's Christmas and then they never bring it up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, neat. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, until next time, uh, you can make sure to follow us on Instagram like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We can catch up on this episode and all other episodes. You have to watch this podcast. You can also listen to our podcast, wherever you, you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon, everywhere you, you can find podcasts. We should be there. If we're not, let us know. Uh, until next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Merry Christmas. You filthy animals. Nothing? No line? Yeah, no, I don't have no. Oh, it was a good uh, one. It was a good sign off. <laughs>